Let's say that the population has become aware of the deterioration of the public healthcare system. And for us, the Sunday's protest was a clamor from the neighbors asking and demanding policies so that primary care won't die. Because that is what is happening. Do not let primary care die. Primary care as we, doctors, understand it, to properly take care of our population. Spain is one of the healthiest countries in the European Union. It has the longest life expectancy, and its public healthcare service is worldwide recognized. However, the population of its capital region, Madrid, has been suffering from a shortage of medical staff over the past few years. Despite being the region with the highest income per capita, Madrid is also the one that spends the least on primary care, especially since the COVID-19 pandemic The government of the community of Madrid, led by Isabel Ayuso of the Popular Party, has been criticized for understaffing hospitals and primary care centers. Last November 13, doctors and neighbors' anger exploded into a massive rally. Thousands of people took to the streets in Madrid to protest against the collapse of the primary care. Welcome to Europe Talks Back a podcast that shines a light on often unreported stories from across Europe. My name is Maria Dios. Coming up next in this podcast, Madrid rises up for public healthcare. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. We will be right back. My name is Isabel Vasquez Burgos, and I am a general practitioner. I have been working in Fallecas for the last 33 years in a primary health care center as a family doctor. Isabel is a Spanish doctor who has worked for over 30 years in the public primary care system in Vallecas one of the poorest neighborhoods in Madrid. As a general practitioner, she takes care of patients of all kinds, particularly elderly and poor people. Vallecas is a neighborhood from Madrid, which, let's say, is socioeconomically not high. I have always worked in the same neighborhood, 33 years. So to speak, Vallecas is a historic neighborhood and has a very large elderly population. In each group of patients we have as doctors, there is a very high proportion of elderly people and therefore chronic pathologies that need to be controlled. As the socioeconomic level is not high, there are many difficulties for some people in relation to the possible resources they may have or the economy that allows them to lead a more or less healthy life. Let's say that this is what we dedicate most of our care to, on top of urgencies and other severe cases. Primary care doctors in Spain work as the first door to the public health care. 
They are those who give a personalized service to each patient, who know their background and have the time to investigate. However, Isabel explains that the lack of investments in Madrid regional public healthcare and human resources has undermined the service in the last few years. My working hours were from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. In principle, this schedule includes assistance at the health center and at home. And we always have, or should, have an hour reserved for training, research, and so on, which we can't do right now. Ideally, we should see a maximum of 31 patients in order to be able to dedicate the necessary time to each one, to see each patient properly. But the high demand, and above all, the absence of professionals who were not covered, means that we have to take on more and more patients per professional. As a result, this time is being reduced. Madrid is one of the regions in Spain with the fewest primary care doctors in relation to its population. According to the data from the Spanish Ministry of Health, there are 4,579 general practitioners. That means half a doctor for every thousand people. As Isabel counts, that leaves a 15-minute consultancy per patient. Lately, we have been seeing about 50 to 60 patients throughout the day. For us, it's a reason to be very stressed because we want to take good care of them. Also, you have to bear in mind that the primary care doctor knows his patient a lot, for a long time. For many years, he knows his background, his family, his problems, his history. So let's say that we are very involved with them and we would like to be able to dedicate more time to them right now. That's why three months ago, Isabel took a break from her work to join a medical trade union to fight not only for her and her colleagues' rights, but also to bring back quality, public and universal healthcare. I saw this possibility to, let's say, fight for primary care from another angle. And well, that's why I decided to do it, but with great sadness, because what I like and what I have studied for and what I want to dedicate myself to is seeing patients. But I think that from where I am now, I will be able to do something else to defend the system a little bit. One of her first actions as a medical trade unionist was to take to the streets to fight against the new plan for out-of-hospital emergency care. The medical community and neighbors considered the plan the latest attack on public health by the regional government of Madrid. After years of staff shortage, it became the perfect storm for the population to erupt in a massive protest. Let's say that the population has become aware of the deterioration of the public health care system. And for us, this Sunday's protest was a clamor from the neighbors asking and demanding policies so that primary care won't die. Because that is what is happening. Do not let primary care die. Primary care as we, doctors, understand it. To properly take care of our population. So, on November 13, thousands of people protest in the Spanish capital under the slogan Madrid rises up for public health against the destruction plan for primary care. Just two weeks earlier, the reorganization of emergency centers had been implemented, 
reopening 80 care buildings closed during the pandemic, but with half the medical staff. We had some rural care centers that served both the head of the village, as we call it, and nearby villages. And there were almost 40 centers there. Then there were some primary care centers dedicated to emergencies, nights, weekends, etc. But these were closed during the pandemic. So now they want to merge them and reopen all of them with a different name. Centers of Continuous Care. The problem is that they want to do it with the staff they had in the rural care services only together with volunteer workers. What is happening? Once again, the math does not work. There is not enough staff. Since then, several doctors have quit their jobs because of the poor conditions after being displaced 80 or 90 kilometers to give service in the new centers. Less than 10% of the centers have opened with all the staff. While the regional government denies the staff shortage, general practitioners are on a strike supported by associations of neighborhoods. What really touched us most was that at one point, the citizens applauded us. When they noticed that there was a group of doctors, they made a corridor for us and they cheered us on. In other words, they realized that we need each other. What for? So that those who govern us, those who have the power to solve this situation and get things in order. Despite Madrid being the richest region of Spain with the highest income per capita, it spends the least amount per capita on primary health care. According to the organizers, for every two euros spent on health care in Madrid, one ends up in the private sector. I find it very, very disappointing, very, very upsetting that our politicians are distancing themselves from ordinary citizens. At the end of the day, what citizens want and what we are demanding is bringing back a public health care with such quality as it had once, which is not at the moment. We will be right back. Ángeles Rodríguez de Cara is an active member of the Regional Federation of Madrid's Neighborhood Associations. She is part of the citizens' movement behind the call for action that, according to the organizers, made 670,000 people protest last 13 of November in Madrid. This is me speaking to Ángeles Rodríguez. Ángeles, on November 13, thousands of people took to the streets in Madrid to protest against the regional government policies in the healthcare sector. The call was first launched by neighborhood associations, a citizens' movement you are part of. Why did you organize the protest? So this is a pile up. Things have been accumulating for a while, for quite some time. And then during the pandemic, we had the closing of uh, some emergency centers. Then they've been finally reorganized. <laughs> and I put this between quotes. In theory, they're going to reopen. In practice, uh, the reopening is not really functioning. It's not working. Things aren't working. Doctors are stressed. Uh, people are going to these new emergency services and finding that they have to go back to the hospital where you can be waiting five hours if you're cold or something like that. So it's just exhaustion and the issue that we cannot go on like this. So several neighborhood associations that suffered the lack of staff in the medical centers organized the protest, but the medical community joined you soon. According to the organizers, there were over half a million people, although the government delegation counts fewer. 200,000. Either way, were you expecting such support? 
not that large. We were expecting a large support, but then the day opened and it was uh, overcast. So, so you know how it's uh, very correlated with uh, the weather forecast, especially in Spain, Madrid, where it's so sunny. So when it's raining, when it looks as if it's going to rain. But just as the day was starting, you could uh, feel that people were going to go and support it. But uh, I think we were overwhelmed with the final result, which is great. <laughs> Let's talk about the slogan of the protest. Madrid rises up for public health care against the primary care destruction plan. Ángeles, can you give us some context? Madrid has a chronic shortage of uh, GPs, of uh, GPs in uh, primary health care centers. And this is a long-lasting issue. They don't get as many nurses, as many GPs as they are, as are needed, and especially uh, children's uh, doctors and uh, pediatrics. So there's this chronic shortage. And if someone gets sick, if a GP or a pediatrician or a nurse gets sick, it takes quite some time to replace that, that person and usually has to be replaced by the person next, by the GP next door. And they are exhausted and you go to the doctor and you have to be waiting for a long time. So um, the plan... There are several things here, right? There is a plan towards the destruction of the public health care. That's what we would say. And slowly, by not providing enough uh, nurses, enough doctors, enough pediatricians, enough specialty doctors, then people are moving into private health. So what we are uh, seeing is these people moving into private health care if they can afford it. But at the end of the day, for uh, when you need a big thing, when you need, uh, like my mom, for instance, who's got a, a Parkinson's disease, or I have uh, epilepsy since I was 15, things like that, I'm never going to go to the private health sector because I know I'm, they're not going to cover me. We have to keep fighting for that and keep fighting to get our GPs and the pediatricians and the nurses that are required in the region of Madrid. And what is the new plan implemented just two weeks before the protest about? If you have an emergency, you can either go to a hospital Right? And I think that's supposed only to be for major incidences, right? like um, fall on the street or crash into... But you also have some primary healthcare centers, you know, like local practices, that provide emergency services. And those were shut down during the pandemic in March 2020. So that's, uh, the issue is that they, they reopen. They say they were going to reopen them finally after two years and a half almost of uh, being shut down. There were 37 of these uh, centers, uh, local health centers with uh, emer an emergency area, and they've transformed them <laughs> into different places with continuous providence, right? But with, they are very short of stuff, so they are not working. It's just chaos. You go there, and the person who is at the door tells you, there's no one here, you better go to the hospital. So that's been the, the disaster. So um, it's very hard to know if there's going to be anyone there working Because another issue is that the people who've been recruited to work in these places have hardly received a message sometimes in their phone saying, can you come and work here? Ángeles, has this plan led to territorial inequalities? What does it mean to get sick in a rural area, for instance? This is Madrid, so we have the high density in the center and then spreads as you move away from the center. So I would say that so the rural areas in the mountains there are emergency services have been shut down and reconverted into this uh, continuous attention and uh, as I've told you they are not working they may have just a person at the door saying go to the hospital which is a waste of time and in a hospital you know for an emergency you may have to be waiting five hours if not seven for something minor 
about the areas that are, are impacted. So the south of Madrid that doesn't have these centers, the south and the east, northeast, they are without uh, local health centers or even without the specialty centers. And so they have to travel long distances to the emergency, which may mean that many of them are avoiding going because they don't have the means or they have to ask a colleague or a friend to get there or get a taxi, which is expensive. They're very poorly and we may have an incidence in uh, death numbers. Let's pause there for a second and zoom out a bit. It is not the first time that medical centers open in Madrid without enough staff. I recall that the president of Madrid, Isabel Ayuso, built a record hospital during the pandemic with lack of equipment. Could you explain to us how was the healthcare during the past two years? Initially it was chaotic, but it happens everywhere. Then what we saw is that there was a decision of build this huge hospital. The money went into buildings instead of being uh, dedicated to use it into hiring people. They come with this new flashy building or something that looks good and is great for the picture. But uh, if you go to the back room, it may not have the required equipment. Somehow there is an intrinsic problem in the Spanish administration, and particularly in Madrid, that they don't want to put money into people into hiring people, they want to put money into buildings and roads and things that later on they may not be able to maintain. So uh, what's the point of having a building in which they, they spend over 100 million euros, which is not going to be used as much as it could be? And there were different alternatives, different choices of expanding the areas, not unused areas of hospitals, perfectly usable. So... Um, We always requested more nurses and more doctors, especially during the pandemic. The regional government has always denied the lack of resources. Even now, after the protest and with doctors on a strike, Ayuso does not recognize the critics. What's your take on this? Well, I think some people said it shouldn't be politicized, right? That's where the words on Sunday to criticize uh, the demonstration. And it's like, uh, well, every protest is a political act by definition, I'd say pretty much, right? I think it's fair enough that as soon as something is not working, you go on as a citizen, you go and protest, right? If that is an act against the current government, which happens to be right wing, well, I'm sorry, we would do it the same no matter who was in government. And we would maybe do it against uh, the state to ask them to take back control over the regions if things are going to be working like this, right? At the moment, uh, what we want you is to take us seriously. This is not a politicized thing in the sense that we are not being driven by any other than our very own neighbors' associations. And we are exhausted. We don't pay our taxes for days. We pay our taxes to have a service that is not currently working. The chronic uh, shortage of doctors, yes, it's an issue. If you don't hire people, you don't have people. That's how it works, right? And that's what we've been seeing for the last uh, 10, 15 years. I've been living abroad and I've seen, I've met in the UK Spanish nurses and Spanish doctors who were living over there because they were provided better conditions. It's a well-known fact that the Madrid region pays poorly compared with other Spanish regions. And therefore, uh, if you are lucky, you prefer moving somewhere outside Madrid if you can hold that balance as a doctor. So um, improve their conditions, get their a better working conditions To end this interview, let's look at the future. What do you expect to happen after the protest? Are there any conversations going on with the regional government? 
If the doctors keep their strike, will the neighborhood support it? Things are going to happen because, I mean, maybe, obviously, not as many as we would like as uh, life, right? But uh, one of the things that I've skipped in previous uh, is that uh, one of the plans in the destruction of the primary health care that has been, actually, this has been written in written form, is the reduction of hours. And this has not been achieved so far because uh, the neighbors' associations have been going to the streets whenever this happens. So I think this, we obviously are going to keep on protesting, probably demonstrating. Neighbors' associations are going to be going every week to their local health care. Um, we'll keep on fighting like we did and we do and, and hoping that uh, it will have uh, less of an impact. Angeles, thank you for joining us today. You're welcome. <laughs> We will be right back. You can find more about the fight of Madrid's neighborhood associations on Twitter at FRAVN. And this is it for this week's episode of Europe Talks Back. The producer of Europe Talks Back is Antoine Leray. Sound design is by Jeremy Bouquet. Editing and mixing is by Jeremy Bouquet and Thomas Kusberg. Promotion and marketing by Bianca Binterkort. My name is Maria Dios. We'll be back next Friday.